Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, No, Food is Not Fuel, and Thankfully, You're Not a Ferrari, by John Berardi, Brian St. Pierre, and Krista Scott Dixon. Fitness and nutrition professionals often say that to get in shape, you have to treat food as fuel. We disagree, and here's why. Something's been bothering us lately. We keep hearing this analogy, food is fuel, you know, like gasoline. And we keep hearing, the human body is like a high-performance race car, you know, like a Ferrari. So you have to get enough fuel to run your car, without getting too much, of course, or else the Ferrari, uh, you, will get fat. You also have to choose only really high-quality, high-octane, and expensive fuel. Or else the Ferrari, oh, right, you again, will gunk up and break down. We've heard this analogy, this story, repeated over and over again. Ad nauseum. And we think that's a real problem. Just the other day on Facebook, we posted this. Food is blank. Of the wildly varied and often interesting responses, fuel appeared 33% of the time. That's when it really hit home. For most people, particularly fitness people, fuel is the only story they can tell about food. And that worries us. For one thing, even if we're looking at food purely in terms of its physiological effects, when we focus on energy and calories, we're only telling part of the story. Sure, the macronutrients, the proteins, carbohydrates, and fats in the food, contain energy or calories, or perhaps most correctly, chemical bonds that when broken are used to create ATP. But food also includes micronutrients, phytochemicals, zoochemicals, water, and more. Think of these as character actors in a movie. They may not be the stars of the show. They don't really provide energy, or fuel, at all. Yet their dynamic interactions create the spark. They're absolutely critical for energy, performance, mood, and optimal long-term health. In other words, without them, the show won't go on. Unfortunately, the food-as-fuel story almost completely ignores these important characters. So let's briefly talk about them here. Micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. We need vitamins and minerals in our diet. Without them, our bodies break down. For example, calcium. It helps build bones, clot blood, regulate blood pressure, keep our muscles and heart pumping, and maintain cell communication. 
Magnesium plays a role in more than 300 enzyme systems and helps with protein synthesis, muscle and nerve function, blood sugar control, blood pressure regulation, energy production, and transport of other minerals. Folate, or vitamin B9, well, it helps convert food into energy. It helps the nervous system, including the brain, to function, and for tissues to grow, and for red blood cell production. We could go on all day here. The bottom line? None of these nutrients provide fuel, which means that the food as fuel story totally ignores them. This may be one reason why vitamin and mineral deficiencies are extremely common. When we only think of food as fuel, it's easy to forget that we're eating for other reasons too. In fact, online in today's article, you can see a graph depicting the percentage of U.S. population not meeting their daily requirements. Check it out at precisionnutrition.com forward slash food dash is dash not dash fuel. Basically though, when you're missing key vitamins and minerals, your body doesn't work properly. You feel rotten and you get sick. And that's true no matter how much fuel is in the Ferrari. Now let's talk about phytochemicals. This is a really big grouping of nutrients, with phytoequaling plant, that definitely affects your health. There are several major categories, including flavonoids, phenolic acids, and lignans. The flavonoid category, for example, includes many of the most well-known phytochemicals. Anthocyanins, found in berries and grapes, isoflavoins, found in soy food, and catechins, found in tea. These nutrients have been shown to offer DNA protection against free radicals, protect against cancer, decrease risk of heart disease, and reduce overall mortality. Online in today's article, we also have a table for you that outlines some other phytochemicals and their benefits. For example, soy, which reduces blood pressure and increases vessel dilation. Grapes and grape products, which inhibits LDL oxidation and pro-inflammatory responses in the arterial wall. Make sure to check it out. Of course, like the micronutrients, phytochemicals don't provide fuel, which means that the food as fuel story totally ignores them too. Alright, now let's move on to zoo chemicals. Zoo chemicals are like the animal cousins of phytochemicals. Present in animal foods, zoon equaling animal, these nutrients have profound health effects. And again, online in today's article, you can see a table outlining a few zoo chemicals and their benefits. For example, cold water fatty fish and fish oil, like salmon, tuna, and herring. These include the zoo chemical EPA, which reduces inflammatory and blood clotting and protects against heart disease, among other benefits. Now note, many zoo chemicals are fat-soluble, which means they're present in animal fats. That's why avoiding or limiting animal fat intake will also limit zoo chemical intake. And like phytonutrients, zoo chemicals don't provide fuel, per se, which means that the food-as-fuel story leaves them out too. So if you're getting the underlying message here, living organisms are not machines. Rather, they're incredibly complex, self-regulating, and dynamically steering. Frankly, they're almost magical systems. If you've spent any time doing calorie math, you know that trying to calculate precise inputs and outputs is frustrating. Perhaps you ate more calories than you thought you should, but got leaner. Or you ate fewer calories than you thought you should, and gained weight. 
or you didn't lose that last stubborn 10 pounds that you were aiming for. Or perhaps you started eating breakfast instead of skipping it and dropped a couple of inches off your waistline. Well, according to the simplistic food-as-fuel view, none of this should be possible. And yet, it happens all the time. Because human bodies aren't combustion engines. They're complex, dynamic, organic, and infinitely sensitive systems. More like the complex cast and director and producer of a fantastic movie than they are like a car. And yes, even a fancy car like a Ferrari. For example, research now shows that all food isn't created equal, and what we eat isn't necessarily what we absorb. Dozens, maybe even hundreds of factors affect how we digest, process, and use the food we eat. This means that the fuel or calorie value of food outside the body isn't necessarily the same as the value inside the body. For more on this, you can see our research review, A Calorie is Not a Calorie, online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash digesting dash whole dash vs dash processed dash foods. Our bodies have their own priorities as well. For instance, the body will extract nutrients to keep you alive by any means necessary, often making tough compromises along the way. This would sort of be like the Ferrari suddenly driving itself to the gas station and holding up the cashier until it gets what it needs, or cannibalizing its own headlights for fuel. What's more, your body isn't even completely human. Much of our digestion and nutrient extraction is done by the trillions of microbial critters living in and on us. Analysis of our bacterial environments shows that each of us has an individual gut flora, or microbiome, sort of like a fingerprint. Changing our microbiome changes our digestion and absorption, and hence our body composition and health. Yep, we're incredibly complicated, self-organizing, agenda-driven, only sort of human systems. Frankly, the Ferrari should be jealous. So, if the food-as-fuel story is limited, unimaginative, and ultimately incorrect, what is food? Well, food is, in part, information. Sort of like a script. It tells the actors in our bodies how to perform. When we eat, we're really delivering messages. Do this, don't do this, release this hormone, don't release that one, express this protein, don't express that one. We're essentially sending instructions that kick off a chemical chain letter. It's really quite amazing. Each molecule of food contributes to a beautiful cascade of events, sending all kinds of signals throughout our bodies. Make hormones, trigger immune cells, switch genes on and off, tell the work crew to clean up and the builders to get on standby. Lights, camera, action! It's like the biggest, busiest movie set you can imagine. And somehow, unlike many film sets, it runs almost perfectly. Our bodies process millions of calories, and let's be scientific about this, zillions of chemical compounds a year with nearly 100% efficiency. Just for comparison, gas-powered engines like our Ferrari would be happy to hit 30% efficiency. Even cooler, our thoughts, feelings, and environment can affect these processes. If we smell a tasty meal, have a positive or negative thought about food or anything else, are happy and relaxed or perhaps worried and rushing, it affects nutrient processing. But let's start by looking at what happens when we actually consume food. As we eat, our bodies sense incoming nutrients and send signals to our brain to let it know what's coming in. Here are just a few examples 
of the different messages food delivers. The carb story. When we eat carbohydrates, and it really doesn't matter which type, our blood sugar goes up. Almost all carbohydrates, from sugars to starches, are broken down to the same thing, glucose. Glucose carries the carbohydrate message that tells your gut to release molecules like gastric inhibitory polypeptide, GIP, and glucagon-like peptide 1, or GLP-1, and send them to your pancreas. These molecules then tell your pancreas to release the hormone insulin. Grabbing the chemical note and running with it, insulin prepares the rest of your body for the glucose that's about to appear. Muscle, brain, and fat cells open their mailboxes and get ready to take in the glucose delivery. Your pancreas then releases other stuff, like somatostatin and amylin, to tell your brain that there's incoming food. The more messages, and the more they keep coming. In other words, the higher these chemicals rise and or the longer they stay elevated. The more your brain believes that you've had enough food. Kind of like when you're drowning in email and want to yell, ENOUGH! Here, Food is information. It's communication. It's a set of instructions that you give your body to accomplish amazing things. Here's another example. The protein and fat story. Proteins and fats also spin a good yarn. When they're broken down, their messages tell the gut to release a hormone called CCK. CCK tells the pancreas to make certain enzymes that help digest the chicken wings now sitting in your small intestine. But... CCK is talkative, so it likes to keep sending messages. It tells the gallbladder to release bile, which helps with fat digestion and absorption. It tells the brain you've had enough to eat. And while it's popped in on the brain, CCK stays for a little chat with other neurotransmitter systems in the brain, such as the endocannabinoid system, which is involved in pain management and mood. Now, digestion is just the story's introduction. When these digested food compounds reach our cells, holy boy, the communication racket! Cells put protein components, peptides and amino acids, to work, making hormones, enzymes, structural proteins, and of course, building muscle. Fat components, such as triglycerides and free fatty acids, are used to make hormones and become integrated into our cell membranes. They control inflammation pathways. Carbohydrate components, the, the glucose and fructose, are used to maintain proper hormone status, such as thyroid, testosterone, and leptin to a degree. And these responses are simply for incoming macronutrients. Micronutrients, phytochemicals, and zoochemicals also carry their own messages and communicate other unique information to the body. Some tell the body to boost our own natural antioxidant defense systems. Others help our antioxidant defense systems do their job. Some tell the body to make enzymes that devour cancer. Others attack cancer directly. Some stick around in our intestines and protect us from damaging compounds. And yet others bind the damaging compounds and carry them out of the body. <laughs> Yuckity yuck yuck yuck, you can't shut these chemical communicators up. And trust me, that's a good thing. So here's the point. The food as fuel story reduces food to gasoline, our bodies to stupid machines, and you to a calorie accountant. And that's sad because you're more than that. Food and your body deserve a lot more recognition and honor. At PN, the more we learn, research, and coach, the more we're amazed at the power of food. It's packed with meaning, information, communication. Every food decision we make sends a message to our body. 
Every food choice is an opportunity to direct, shape, and remake our health, our body composition, our performance, our well-being. And of course, food is not just about science. Many of us are physiologists and biochemists at PN, and sure, we look at food through a science lens, but that's not our only perspective. We know, too, that sharing food is a fundamental human act. Breaking bread, or what other food is on the table, is part of our history, our culture, our legacy as humans. Food itself is information, communication, a story, but we also have our own stories that we share around and through food. There's information we want to communicate to ourselves and to others with how we eat, where we eat, and what we eat. For example, I'm sophisticated, I'm a foodie. Or I'm a thoughtful consumer, I'm a regular at the farmer's market. Or I'm from Mexico, Italy, Nigeria, Laos, or wherever, and I'm proud of that. I'm careful with my choices, I avoid processed food. Or I'm a caregiver, I love you, so I cook for you, and so on. This is essential information about ourselves, about our family and friends, and about our clients. It's relevant, crucial, powerful, life-shaping knowledge. That's why at Precision Nutrition, we aren't just nutritionists or nutrition coaches. And we sure aren't gas station jockeys helping you do the chore of tank filling. We help you learn about and celebrate who you are through the lens of food and nutrition. We help you create new food stories, more inspiring, joyful, and interesting stories. Stories that go beyond dumping gas in the tank. We start with the science, and we end with our shared humanity. So. How about taking a few minutes and consider the following question. What is food for you? Is it fuel? Is it information? Is it personal freedom or shame? Or is it self-esteem? Then consider this next question. What would you like food to be? Now we encourage you to think big, get imaginative, learn a little more about physiology, learn a little bit more about humanity. Discover what makes food one of the greatest stories ever told. Because at Precision Nutrition, food is a story. A story of the wonder of evolution and biology. A collective grand epic of our humanity. A chemical story written in molecules, not words. It's a story that shapes your daily life, your health, and your function. Food is fuel? Yeah, we don't think so. Now, of course, if you'd like some help and support as you develop a new food story in your life, we'd be happy to help. In fact, we'll soon be taking a group of new clients looking for the same thing, all as part of our Precision Nutrition Coaching Program. You see, we accept a very small number of new clients every six months, and the spots in the program typically sell out in hours. However, those motivated enough to put themselves on the pre-sale list get to register 24 hours before everyone else. Plus, you receive a big discount at registration. So make sure to put your name on the list by visiting precisionnutrition.com. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, No, Food is Not Fuel, and Thankfully, You're Not a Ferrari, by John Berardi, Brian St. Pierre, and Krista Scott-Dixon. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash food dash is dash not dash fuel. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. 
For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.